Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. a podcast for everything. That's really true. It's become I, like a bookstore, yes. right? But can you imagine sitting here and thinking you've thought of an original concept for a podcast? <laughs> I mean, that is the most absurd. If someone even said, dude, I found I thought of a podcast no one's done yet. You almost want to punch that person in the face because you're like, what is it? Yeah. Dead air? <laughs> I mean, let's. we should just tell our fans, I'm not even a dad. Yeah. We just needed something. You just play one on podcasts. <laughs> I had originally pitched that we do a deep dive on various types of soft serve. And no one at Team Coco thought there was any traction. <laughs> there was any traction with that. I said, what if Ruthie and I go to every Applebee's and we see what are the similarities and differences? They're like, Rory, just like, talk about being a dad. There's actually a podcast that already exists yeah, for that. I'm not, uh, no shit. No <laughs> yeah. shit. I guarantee you there is an Applebee's yep. based. Did you know there is a Trader Joe's podcast? I subscribe to it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What are you? Why? I love what grocery is, stores. I love what? Trader Joe's. A Trader Joe's <laughs> podcast. I what know. are they talking about? I haven't listened to it for a while. Yes. But. <laughs> you, don't you even act. Don't you backpedal. Dad, Ruthie. don't out me like this. <laughs> God. It's just the thing I'm into. Why'd you got to tell everybody? Look, I love grocery stores. Yeah. <laughs> I love grocery stores. Ruthie, you're my grandparents. I literally am. I even had a therapist once tell me, I said, well, you know, and then every night I just go, when I leave work, I go to the grocery store and they go, oh, wait, back that up for a second. (laughs) And they go, wait, hold on. I think we've pinpointed everything. (laughs) Everything that's wrong with you. I was like, well, yeah, I just like I swing by, you know, it's the same as if I lived in New York, I'd go to a bodega. They're like, yeah, but you don't live in New York. You, you live here. In Los Angeles. Yeah, I love all your examples <laughs> or places you don't live. You're like, yeah, but if yeah. I was in France, I'd also drink an espresso every morning. Yeah, but you don't you live don't. in France. Really. Yeah. And they're like, wait a minute. So you're going to the grocery store every night after work? And I was like, yeah. They're like, what are you getting? Are you getting dinner? I was like, well, sometimes I just walk around. Sometimes I look at magazines like, okay, this is a huge problem. <laughs> I Well, let me just say, I, so <laughs> I can't help it. while I do, there is a part of me that's like, that's crazy to go to the grocery store all the time. I also yeah. don't think it's crazy. And I also am like... <laughs> Yeah, there is something fun 
about the grocery store when you don't necessarily need to go to the grocery store. Yeah, it's this place that I love. We went there a lot when my parents got divorced and we would go there every day after school. And then I realized that and was like, oh, shit, this is why Uh, I'm going to the grocery store in my 30s every day after work. The therapist always finds the connections. They find them. They exploit them. They sure do. (laughs) But they were like, but then I realized, oh, also a thing that's super interesting is in England, everyone has pubs, right? And that's like where you go after work. Yeah. <laughs> and so for me, I was like, I was like, well, they have pubs. I have the grocery store. That is such I, a forced correlation. I love I that know. about you, Ruthie. You really were like, well, they're going out and having fun. That's all I'm doing. And then people are like, mm, is, is it, is it running errands? Works. You think running an errand is the same as relaxing? And welcome to my therapy <laughs> podcast. Ruthie, I just have to tell you and yes. all the listeners, because that's all who's listening. I am so excited for today's guest. And Me I'm very too. excited to introduce him. He's a comedian. He is a gamer. He's a podcast host. And guess what else, Ruthie? What? What could he be? <laughs> He's a dad. Oh, you don't say. Oh, uh, ladies what? and gentlemen, Ron Funches. Hi, it's good to How see you? you. Congratulations. I think I, we've already talked about that, but. Yeah, but thank you again. Married man now. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. It's, I just rubbed a salve on her hurt back. So that's right. Very married. Uh, yes, How was you that? are. That is that is a super husband. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is very married. That is ex- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Was that in the vows? And when your back is in pain, I will have proper salve. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been. THC CBD salve. <laughs> you just got married in, in quarantine though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was that? It was it actually turned out really nice. I, it wasn't, you know, what we wanted, although we pretty much argued about what we wanted a lot because she was more into a very, very small wedding. She, I think actually this was closer to what she wanted. She wouldn't have minded if it was just the two of us. And I was like, I've been married before. I never thought this would happen. I want to shout it from the mountaintops. <laughs> I want everyone to be there, you know. Yeah. And so there was a little bit of a uh, a difference of philosophy there uh but like it turned that. in very nice and and what i liked about it was how relaxed and calm it was as opposed yeah. to uh my first marriage which felt very like uh oh, we gotta do this there's a pressure to it and this was just like oh we're gonna have a good day we're gonna order a good meal get the butter cake from Mastro's and then watch yeah. 90 Day Fiance and hang out and it was just <laughs> what like, a great show to watch right out of the gate of getting Married, 90 Day Fiance, you've just tied the knot, and now you're watching fiancés again. Yeah, and judging your your relationships against them. <laughs> and Immediately. How, yeah, and how much better you're clearly doing, because you've already <laughs> crossed the finish line. Exactly, and you never said anything <laughs> like, let's just start this relationship over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What was that like, like after uh, knowing that you did go through... Uh, divorce on that back end was your where was your was your mindset like after something like that to just be like you know what let the wind decide the direction i'm gonna blow with with something like finding love again or or actively searching for it i'm gonna take a break work on me 
get my stuff centered and settled and then maybe go back out into the world of trying to find that person. Yeah, that was like the middle of it. The beginning was just like a lot of shell shock and then being weird because also, you know, I was married very young. You know, I was married at the time I was 22 to the lady that I was with since I was 18. So I pretty much missed my entire 20s of like dating and getting to know people. So it was just difficult in that way and and. When I started to date again, I was I just started to get on TV a few times. And so I wasn't used to not like it happened a bunch of times, but I was not right. used to people wanting to hang out with me other than the fact that they would like me. And yeah. so that was difficult, which made me um, a little on guard for uh, quite a quite a while. Um, yeah. And actually, when I met my wife now and we started dating it was the time where i was like oh i should go to therapy because i have a lot of <laughs> i have a lot of armor and a lot of trust issues and i don't yeah. want to mess this one up because she right. seems great but i think that's totally justified i think i would if i was in that position you know you're you're appearing on tv for stand-up you're appearing on tv for acting you're starting to pop in and out of different roles in movies and you do have to wonder in the back of your mind, you're like, all right, is this real or is this just you've seen me in something, so this is fun for you? I I, I mean, therapy is always a great thing, but yeah, I, I, my armor would be super thick. Anybody that would even was like complimented me, I'd be like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but and Ron, you have a son, too. So that changes it as too. like you're also mm-hmm. on TV. Plus, you have a son and then you're starting to date. So yeah, you know. armor is super on like, <laughs> do you like me for me? And I also have a kid I got to protect, too. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that was like so there was a lot of being on guard in that way. But also sometimes it didn't made it really fun and easy because I it was was like, well, either we're just hanging out and you don't care if I'm dating other girls or you're saying you want to be a mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So which one is it? Tell Who's me that? from the day one. Right. Tell me from the first day. <laughs> you haven't even ordered dinner yet. <laughs> yeah. I need to know. I have a question for you before we before we decide if we're going to have red or white wine. <laughs> Um, did you, was there ever a part of you being, uh, being such a young dad, um, was there ever a part of you, um, when you started to date again, that, that felt like, oh, I, I should take this step, you know, because maybe this would be a good thing for my son to have this other, other person if I found them. Was that ever like a motivation? Um, like I thinking think about it, it was just like, I was trying to protect my son. I didn't want a lot of different people around him. Uh, definitely having yeah. t- dating with him informed the, the type of people I would date and how much time I was willing to spend chasing something I knew wasn't going to pan out. Cause it was just like, I don't have time to waste and I don't any resource that I felt was taken away from him, whether it's my time or money or things like that, I was like, oh, it has to be worth it. So I was never really like, well, he needs another mom. Like he still has a relationship with his mom. They talk quite often. And and I wasn't really looking for help either, because by that time I was like, I have a nanny. I have, uh, you know, uh, someone to help out. And he has me and I'm here and I have my mom. So I wasn't looking for that. But when I found that with Christina and how much she cared for my son and how one of the best things, you know, she came in the house and she was just like, 
I don't like your diet. I don't like his diet. I don't like any of this. Right. He can't be drinking Slurpees three, you know, every day. Like, <laughs> yes, he can. Yeah. I disagree. He can. But a lot of that was also, I was like, well, you don't know him and he has autism and he's very particular and this and that. And she's like, well, I'm going to trick him to drinking a protein shake. And I was like, that's never going to fucking happen. <laughs> and then now he drinks protein shakes every other day. So, yeah. like, and you're and, rubbing the solve on the back. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, I'll do whatever she wants. Yeah. <laughs> Something that like I have always found uh, amazing about you, Ron. Ron and I, and, and like I said, Ron and I had just talked the yesterday. I've known Ron for a while now. At a point in our careers before we were maybe more consistently headlining, and 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 definitely before we were acting or doing anything. So it's been it's been a while that I've I've known you. And one thing I've always admired and loved is that Ron decided at a certain point that health was going to be at the forefront of his mind and like such a part of who you are. And I just remember seeing posts about it and hearing you talk about it, that you wanted to lead by example uh, for your son to show him what this needs to look like and how you need to be. And I, 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 I don't know if I've ever openly just said this to you, but I've just admired the shit out of that because to me that is like the quintessential thing parents are supposed to to do, even though it's hard to do. Oh, thank you, Rory. Was there any particular moment that like sparked that where you were like, all right, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to do this. Well, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of different moments just that my health wasn't that great for, you know, especially for being a young man in the 30, early 30s at that time. And there's people in our business that passed away from, from like taking care of their health, like Ralphie or, or Patrice were, and those deaths like kind of stuck with me of like, oh, like, I work really hard. I put a lot of effort into this and I have my son right. and I'm trying to provide a life for him. And I don't want to cut off my opportunities and, and cut off the the blessings and, and things that I've done because I didn't take care of myself and my body, you know? Right. Yeah. And for my son in particular, it's just been good because I saw him kind of, you know, he was following my direction. We eating snacks together and laying yeah. around playing video games together. And, and, and just today I was just so and notice I didn't bring it up to anyone, but I was just really happy that I was, I was working out. My my wife was working out, doing her stretches across the way, and my son was on the trampoline getting his jumps in. Yes. And it's just like this is like the type of like family stuff I watched on TV that I didn't even think was real. Yeah. Like, like you're in a sitcom, you don't yeah. know. Yeah. We were all workout. It's family yeah. workout time. You know? yeah. it's like, this is the opening credits, but everyone's working out yeah. as they pause to look at the camera and their name comes up. But Ron, how did he, uh, how did, um, Malky deal with that when you were like starting to do that? Cause it takes some time, you know, like I think, I mean, just as an aside, it was so funny, like on the comedy tour that we did, you guys went on and I worked on, we would all run into each other in the gym. And I was like, wow, this is the 2000s. Like, yeah, if this, this would have been new. the 70s, it would have been like everyone doing coke all night long. And here we are like, yeah, we Ron's work teaching out. his kid how to do coke. He's like, no, no. You're, not, you're not doing it right. Well, everybody's working out. Um, but it's a slow transition because you and I have talked too about like weight loss and, and getting motivated. Mm -hmm. And I've lost weight also, but got more to go. But when you're starting to do that, it's a slow transition. And how did that work with you and Malky? Like, 
was it a struggle at first? Like he wants to keep eating that way and laying around and now you're doing working out and eating protein shakes. Yeah, of course. He, he didn't like any change at all. He doesn't, he's usually, he's adaptable, but he likes his routine. Yeah. Yeah. And so the fact that his routine was changing, that he couldn't have a certain things, but, um, he's also really good at rules and like, me setting things. So we just kind of set a date. I was like, hey, okay, you can have one Slurpee one time a week. And even that we're starting to phase out. And then just going like, these are the things you, it's just more started about asking him questions. I was like, like, well, do you want to be healthy and strong yeah. or do you? And he's like, yeah. So like, well, these are the things we do to be healthy and strong. You drink this shake, you go on the treadmill every day, you go, th- or, you know, if you don't feel like going to treadmill, you got to go swimming. You got to just be active every day, especially since you, you're home more. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so it was really, I'm just very lucky. He's also a, a, just a, such a good kid. Like, yeah. And so it was about explaining it to him, letting him get his frustration out of being like, this is stupid. I don't like this. Da, da. But then also being like, well, you're going to do it. I'm the fucking parent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Johnny Law came to town. <laughs> Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, We have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Ron, when when your son was diagnosed with autism, how old were you and how old was he? Like, when does something like that get diagnosed? He was a little bit before three years old, okay. and I would have been uh, 22, okay. 23. When you hear something like that, you go in, you, you think that maybe there's something behaviorally different, or was it, was it, did, did something stand out to you where you were like, oh, I think that maybe, maybe there's something going on here that we should get looked at? And then they go, oh, yeah, so he reacts to these things in this way for yeah. this reason. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he was developing pretty normally, I'd say, for the first year or so. Yeah. My mom, in particular, was the one to to suggest that, and because she, he wouldn't listen to things like if you called his name out or you were, or if you banged the pan or, or or made a loud noise that you expect a child to react to, he would stay focused ahead on whatever he was watching right. or what he was doing, and then at some point he just like stopped sleeping, like he would oh, sleep. Wow. From uh, 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. like every day for a good seven months period. And that was when we were like, well, something's wrong. Something's wrong here. I'm so curious, like, was there any... I I think we all kind of paint a picture in our mind when we're going to become parents of of who we think we're going to be and how we're going to do it. And I... I think if there's anything we learn on that journey, it's that 
your plans and your expectations are just absolute bullshit because nature and life and the universe does not care what you thought was going to be the plan. Mm -hmm. So when you do find out something like that, like how, how was that of a reaction for you? Did you have this sort of image in your mind and now suddenly someone's like, all right, well, things are going to be different than maybe what you expected. No, it was, it was devastating. It was traumatic because um, as like, cliche as it sound i was still like oh my son he's gonna fucking play football yeah, right, or basketball right. or he's gonna go i can't wait till he goes to this college and i'm cheering in the stands and you know and all these things those were my thoughts yeah i i mean there was at least there was a relief and a um clarity and just knowing what was wrong yes and right. having a label for it and that's i talked to um to, to someone recently about the about their son or yeah their kid just had a birthday and that and that they had to go to a similar thing it wasn't with autism but how besides losing a kid which I wouldn't wish on anyone I no. think the worst thing in the world that happened to a parent is to know something's wrong with your kid but not know what it is like that's so devastating right. because you just you're, all your instincts are to protect and take care of and you can't you don't know how yeah yeah that helplessness absolutely yeah so again the diagnosis at least took that away of then like we go well now we can read and we can do research and we can find out and we can go to therapies and i think the um most helpful thing was was being adaptable in that way i was still mourning the expectations that i had which is something i tell a lot of parents now anytime you know a lot of parents who just now their kids are being diagnosed with autism. They'll reach out to me because they know I'm like, you know, I'm 14 years into that journey. Right. Mm -hmm. And I tell them the best thing you can do right away is, is just give up all expectations, but don't give up hope. Like you have to still hope for everything that you, you want for your kid and that you think your kid deserves and that they can still have a happy and wonderful life. And, and you got to embrace it as opposed to, there were a lot of people. I know it, it changes more and more as autism is more known. But right. at, at the time where my son was diagnosed, I had never really heard about it. Yeah, before. that's what I, I wanted. Had, never, had you ever met anybody that had autism? No. Yeah. Or not that I at least I knew. Yeah. You know, well, it definitely wasn't talked about as much, especially when we were growing up. Yeah, exactly. And so I didn't know what it was and I had to uh, get more information about it and the main thing I was just happy about was that I did not hesitate about like getting him into therapy and getting him into different things. Cause I think that's been a godsend in, in his development and how far he's come from when he was, there was a time where we, you know, we didn't thought he would speak at all. Right. And now I get up in the morning and he's unloading the dishwasher and he's like, good morning. How, how was your day? And then and, and I, you know, I'm like, how, so I'm now good. he's your butler is what yeah. you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Exactly. <laughs> good morning, Mr. Funches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Hello, I mean, son. Truly. Yeah. <laughs> I have a great every morning. He's unloading the dishwasher. We have a great relationship. Hey. He calls me father. I call him son. Uh, we never say each other's <laughs> names. He never says dad. I sit on one end of the table. He sits on the farther yeah. far end. Has to call me to reach. Me. And and to put this in perspective for for people, uh, and and like I said, it's something that I I love so much about Ron and and his spirit of of, of who he is. But also, 
knowing all this about you and, and knowing uh, like where you are now and seeing your relationship with him now, to put it in perspective for our listeners, you were in your 20s when you find out this information. I mean, finding out that you're going to be a dad in general Already. is very daunting uh, no matter what. It's very daunting. And then you find out hey, now it's going to look like something you have no map for, you have no reference of. You might not have that person that you can call or reach out to who's 14 years into that journey. But the added thing of it that I, I is the only part of it I can somewhat relate to is that Ron is also trying to be a stand-up comedian, which is a very difficult pursuit in what what we're trying to do and it's also financially very difficult so Mm -hmm. sitting here with someone who's on the other side of it i i I got it i just have to say like it's it's so remarkable to to be who you are it almost seems like you just kind of shrugged it off and you just powered through i don't want to underplay how dramatic and (laughs) traumatic it is but that's what i i I think you're so good at it and you you have so much grace about yourself in dealing with something that's so big, I I hope people that find out they have a child that's diagnosed with autism to say, hey, just so you know, you you should look at my friend and and his kids so that you know how amazing that relationship can be and look. Yeah, it is very difficult. You know, the divorce rate among parents who have children with autism is like above 80% because it is such a difficult thing to deal with for for parents they you know they do sometimes people come bitter they turn against each other sure um it's a lot of um it's a lot of weight to carry and and so i i I don't like to just shrug it off and say easy so because i know there's a lot of parents going through it now and it was very difficult for me but my son also was very motivating for me that going through that because i would say like before i had my son i would just taking gravity bong hits, having fun, chilling out. I had my son and it kind of like straightened me out. And I was like, I'm going to go get a job. And I got a job at a bank. I quit smoking weed. I was just like... You stopped investing in voodoo donuts? Well, I mean, no, I started investing more in voodoo donuts because I hated (laughs) my job and I hated my life. So, no, I actually was ballooning up quite a bit. Yeah, you started getting that giant donut that no one ever buys. (laughs) (laughs) No, going to to everybody's desk who had the desk snacks. That's what I was doing. And... (laughs) Then um, when my son was diagnosed with autism, it truly did like kind of like shattered my brain where I was like, oh, like I can't mess around and do things I don't want to do. My son is different. I have to defend his differences. I'm different. I have a life I want to live. I don't. And as as crazy as it sounds, I was like, I don't need a job. I need a career. I need something that I can focus on that can possibly help me fund his life long after that I'm dead. Right. And the only thing I had a passion for that I thought I could make money in was comedy. I swear if I was 30 and my son got diagnosed, I don't know if I would have had that same Isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah. naivete or, or mindset. But to me, when I was 23 and finding out my son has autism, it was really like, okay, well, I'm just going to become a comedian and I'm going to get on TV. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> But I, but 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 truthfully, but you, I mean, I, you know, I, 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 what I love is just not leading by example with the health stuff. But your your kid can look at you and 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 you can look at your kid and go, look, we we really can accomplish very difficult things under very difficult circumstances. And I love that you're you're living 
proof of that. I, I don't know your situation or relationship with your father. Is there, is that, I, I don't want to pry if anything is uncomfortable to talk about. I never, <laughs> I never, people <laughs> ask me and I'm like, how dare you fucking ask me <laughs> on, but, <laughs> on, on a podcast about it. You don't even run that question by me. <laughs> but uh, is there anything that you draw from? In in that, because I, I find myself a lot of times talking similar to how my dad talked to mm. my, my daughter. Uh, I wonder if that's something that, that if there's anything in, in that relationship that you kind of draw upon as, as a father. Uh, I mean, my relationship with my dad is is very different. My um, I can't say he was completely absent. He's been around on occasions. My mom and my dad divorced when I was four. My okay. dad was in the drugs and... and um, just gallivanting around town. And so I didn't really see him or have contact with him until I was like 12 or 11. Um, Cause my mom was not, my mom was in a bad relationship and it was, it was getting violent and abusive. And then we were looking for a way out of it. My dad was getting back in contact with me. And this is what I say is the most positive thing is like my dad saved my life and, and, Oh, you, your um, mom was in a relation, a bad relationship with someone else. Someone else, yes. After, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, I didn't explain it properly. So after my mom and dad divorced, my mom got into a I relationship see. with a gang member named Do Dirty, oh. which is not ever a good nope. idea. No, we know him. <laughs> yeah. We've had, he's been on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to talk about his dad. It was a problem. <laughs> I bet he, he didn't. would not open up. Yeah. We really tried. <laughs> and so. Um, I wasn't doing well. My mom was having a hard time getting out of that relationship. And my dad was coming back in our life. And he let us come to Oregon where he was working in construction and live with him. And I hadn't seen my dad in many years at that point. And I don't think if it wasn't for him making that choice and making that decision, I don't think I would have been a comedian. I don't think I would have um, I had the same life I would have had. I was headed down a, a dark path. So I, I appreciate my dad for that. But my dad's never been really good at protecting the people that are around him, or, I mean, which I think is one of the jobs of a father to protect. And he was never good at like discerning the people he could have. Like he was in a negative relationship with a, with a woman and who was abusive to me and my sister. And um, he just didn't have the right people around him. So a lot of things I learned from him were like the compassion to be there for your, your child when you really need you. And also because he didn't protect and he wasn't that good at it. I am very protective. Yeah, like yeah. I'm very protective of my son and who I let in my household and who I let in my circle. Ron, yeah. was that weird when you, or maybe not weird, but it's like you're going to Oregon, you're going from Chicago to Oregon as a, were you like a, a kid or a teenager to live with your dad? And you had, when, how long it had been since you've seen him? Like, what was that like seeing him for the first time and then like acclimating to his life? It was really weird. Right? It was super weird because. How, it, how old yeah. were you when this happened? I was uh, 12. Okay. So, you know, just can, from a teenager and um, we didn't know each other. And my dad is, is like, he's pretty religious, which. 
And so he would like, you know, and to the point where he was like, well, you can't listen to this music or that music. And I would be Fun. like, well, where were you yeah. the last 12 years? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I was listening to that music, Ron. You gotta stay away from it. It's the music that informs it. Uh, that'd be the worst. You walk into a, uh, just a deeply religious household that's like, look, we don't eat Twix. Like, yeah. What the fuck? I we survive go to bed on at seven. that. But we go to bed <laughs> just before the sun does. Yeah. But you, your mom, and your sister all moved in with your dad when you were 12? No, mm-hmm. my mom sent me okay. first, and then my sister followed. My mom, you know, was still struggling with getting out of that relationship. and it Got took it. Her. That's very difficult for your mom. Like, wow, what a huge, you know, as a parent, like letting yeah. the bird, like, leave the nest is like, oh, my palms are now sweating feeling your mother's like anxiety probably at that time. I mean, that's huge. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we worked on our, our relationship is amazing right now. Like my mom's one of my best friends, if not my best friend. I thought I and, was your, but okay. Well, that's, no, that's why I said one of Rory. And <laughs> Ron, who are your best friends? Yeah. Uh, Rory, then my mother. <laughs> But we had to deal with a lot of that stuff because I was, you know, I was, it took me to become an adult and a parent myself to realize that she didn't have all the answers and that uh, just because she couldn't get out of that relationship at that time didn't mean she wanted to be in it or that she was weak or anything of that nature. It was just that it, uh, she was a victim in that relationship. Yeah. And so me becoming an adult, I, I've got a lot more of a uh, empathy towards yeah. that yeah. with her and just how our lives have turned out where like I own my own home. My sister owns her own home. My sister's a doctor. She's married to an, a successful gentleman. I have a wonderful, beautiful Canadian, successful, yeah. beautiful lady. Yeah. And so She's great. I'm just, you know, we, we look at our lives and, I, and my mom, you know, see, even now she'll be like, I'm sorry for doing that. I'm sorry for putting you guys through that. And I was like, you know, and don't apologize. Like, if you didn't do that, we wouldn't have the lies. Yeah, have. it's almost like, you know, sometimes you you go through something like that to get to the other side. I feel like I can I can see your mom with the apology of like feeling responsible. But I think you're right. You got to look at where things ended up and just be like, hey, look, we made it. We're on the other side of, you know, at least that particular drama and that particular trauma we're on the other side of that so we're, we're still standing which is a, a huge uh deal do you still have a relationship with your dad no not particularly we don't really i don't have um with some of that side of the family i do but a lot i don't like um we just again my dad's just not good at protecting yeah his valuable things (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) and i have valuable things and so i don't i i tend to not talk with him and um i you know it it hurts sometimes just because i i still wish he even you know as bratty as it is i'm like well you should still be reaching out yeah you're my dad yeah no i but (laughs) i get that yeah i get that a lot like it's uh I think that's probably more common than we think as adults, our expectations of how much our dad should reach out to us. But also all of us knowing that communication with dads is so <laughs> strangely, strangely, there's so many dads who are not open and they're not vulnerable. 
And yet, for mm-hmm. some reason, we're still like, read my fucking mind, dude. Yeah. Call me. <laughs> yeah. And it's just. Yeah. if we would just yeah. go, hey, I'd love it if you call me, our dads would be like, like oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> and exactly, I have a lot of love in, for my dad. And I truly appreciate what he did for, for me or getting me out of that bad situation. But yeah. also being a dad and, and going through the things I have, um, I as much empathy as I've gained from my mom, I kind of like don't have for my dad. Yeah. Where I was just like, well, if I'm here and I did it with my son and I'm on my own, uh, you know, my I had sole custody of my son since he was, uh, you know, 11 years old. I am like, well, if I can do that, like, where the fuck were you? But, you know, I try to be empathetic about drugs and stuff like that. But yeah. I'm still on that journey. Rory. <laughs> well, hey, I don't know that some of these journeys ever end. That's true. Yeah. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. What is it like with your son? Is his, like, being 17 now, is his, like, awareness of who you are in the entertainment world, does he give a shit about that at all? Is he like, oh, yeah, my dad does these things, it's really cool, or is he just like, well, it's just my dad, and we're friends, and we hang out, and we do, we have a great relationship. Is there any part of him that, like, talks about, like, yeah, my dad's in movies. My dad's on TV acting and doing stand-up. Uh, he just likes the perks of what it gives him. Yeah. Like, he's really into the transaction of it. Like, <laughs> right. yes. He's very spoiled. It's one of the things also that my wife was trying to break him of because she's like, you're, she's like, you spoil him too much. And I was like, well, he literally, like, you know, the people were like, you weren't with me shooting in the gym? And I was like, he was there day one. I wouldn't be a comedian without yeah. him. Right. Uh, and, you know, a lot of things we talk about with the autism, one of the um, as tough as it was, one of the things that was helpful at that time was that since my son was diagnosed and he was on Social Security, it was helpful. Like, my son was the breadwinner for yeah, some months. Yeah, okay. Right. He right. was the one paying the rent. Yeah. Right. He, you know, off of his Social Security. And so, to this day, I'm like, I owe yeah. him. Yeah. And, and sometimes I have to get rid of that because I do spoil the, the shit out of him. But that's what he likes about it. He's like, okay. Because I used to come home from the road and the first thing he would say is, like, video game store. That's hard with the, the spoiling. I gotta say, I can relate to that because I feel like if you have two kids or more, spoiling is probably easier to avoid because one, it costs you more, but two, the two kids kind of have each other too. I find that my wife, Jordan and I, we do that same thing, probably me more so, because one, it feels so good to to see your kid light up and, and get excited about stuff. And 
you know, sometimes, like you're saying, when there's perks of, you know, some people are going to send you some some free stuff or buying a thing you think is really cool is is not as financially straining, you're kind of like, oh, I'm going to blow my kid's mind. Like, blowing your kid's mind with a gift mm-hmm. is really fun to do for everybody. Yeah. It's hard to yeah, not spoil but, them. But I had to learn that it's like, for my son, it's more like one thing or one experience because he's very... Uh, particularly, like I took him into a Family Guy table read because he loves oh, that that's show. So yeah. cool! And, and so, like every every kid in America gets to do stuff like that. This story has been told. <laughs> and he was such a jerk the whole day because we it was a surprise, and he was like, I was like, get dressed, and he was just stomping yeah. around. And and then we were in the Uber going there, and my my fiance at the time, wife now, was like, she's like, do you know where we're going? And then he just goes, breakfast, like. <laughs> Like, he's like, I hope it's fucking breakfast. Better be Since you got me out. You're like, all right, Prep. let's all calm down. <laughs> oh, my God. But he was so happy when he got there. But, like, there's just things like that. Like, one time, one Christmas, I tried the same thing. I was like, I'm going to blow my son's mind. I'm going to get him everything. We're getting him an Xbox One X. We're going to get him this. We're getting him that. Yeah. Get him this. And then he, the first thing he opened was he wanted a pair of cooling underwear from Duluth Trading <laughs> Company. And he opened those up. <laughs> And walked what, around. What, what and are cooling underwear? What's that? They cool your junk. They cool you down. <laughs> That's too much. Wait, how, hold on. How old is he? How old is he when he wants this? Because I can't believe at such a young age he was yeah. already a lumberjack. Is this about 14, 15? <laughs> he was like, He's I like, just want cooling underwear and I want to chop down some trees. <laughs> and so I like have him open the Xbox. He just pushes it aside, grabs his underwear, and goes back to his room. And I see him oh, like in the mirror. Putting the underwear against himself, like not putting it on, but just seeing how it's gonna look. Oh, and you're like, that was the that was the least expensive thing of all the things. <laughs> Son, I bought you a horse. I don't give a shit. Look at these cups. When you fill them with cold liquid, they change color. <laughs> like shit, that was free and a happy meal. <laughs> but I guess on that on that note, like. What is what has he shown you? Because you are able to show him all these things: video games. I know you love wrestling, comedy. What are some of the things that he has that he likes or he's discovered, like Family Guy, mm-hmm. but stuff like that that you didn't know, maybe that you didn't know about? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's actually that's a great question. I mean, because a lot of times I'm like, oh, you know, patience and this and that. Yeah. But but there's all things with autism, like getting rid of tradition. Yeah. And and because my son was never been like interested in things like that, he's really good at moving on from things. And and, and I remember one early one Christmas where he was like three or four. He like got a glimpse of some presents in the closet, and then we were just like, "Well, you gotta wait till Christmas. Santa's going to bring you your Christmas gifts." And he just was looked at us, and he just goes, "That's dumb." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that is kind of yeah. dumb." Now that I think, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I already know they're yeah. they're right like, here. Just give them to me. Yeah. Like, you know what? What what am I waiting? <laughs> <on>? <laughs> To give another person credit. Yeah, I've already paid yeah. the money for yeah. them. Let's yeah. start enjoying yeah. them right away. Yeah. So that, yeah, things like that really. Think. But as far as like tangible things, like um, I started streaming on Twitch yeah. a lot. And I don't think I would have done that one for my son because that's like stuff he's into. He's really into like watching other people play games and, and just watching people stream. And I didn't understand how big it was until I was like, isn't it oh, crazy? 
It's yeah, insane. My, this is what he prefers to do to actually play. Yeah. And or he will watch it before he plays so he knows what to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. whole new and world. So, it's so interesting. Yeah. So things yeah. like that where I just kind of like I, I do try to keep an eye on what he's into in order because I know, it's, you know, it's part of my job to kind of be young and dumb. And so I don't want to, <laughs> you know, be out of what kids are doing so hopefully i'll have another kid and i'll find out what they're into yeah i was gonna ask you is that is that in the cards wanting to have some more some more kids i'm deeply interested in it just because i like had my first kid on like hard mode yeah and i want to (laughs) see what it's like what all these people Ron, like hard mode? You say that. Like, yeah, it is like a video game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I up the challenge on it. Yeah, I, I got to put this just on normal. I got to go back to easy mode. I yeah, gotta put it on a different. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I start, level one. I'm fighting the end boss. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, my sister's easy mode. That's she don't know. She's hanging around. She's got her, her husband. My mom is there as a full time. Uh, and I was like, you just don't even know. <laughs> Where like, do they live? Are they close? In Ar- Arizona. Oh, okay. In Arizona. Not super uh, far away. And but... I, you know, a lot of comedian friends that have been having kids, like like Kurt and Lauren, yeah. and and I see how much fun it seems that like oh oh it's cool when you have a partner that you love and trust (laughs) yeah it's totally yeah it's a whole other game you can can add a baby to that workout routine in the morning you know just a a little baby bouncing alongside the trampoline yeah yeah also like with truly like across the board uh a totally different setup knowing knowing so much more about who you are and who you want to be and what your goals are but also just financial stability and you know Mm -hmm. having a house where you go this is where we will live and this is what we will do i want to be able to lie to that (laughs) kid and be like this is how it's always been Oh. <laughs> I hope you, you have a come second from kid. a long line of family that had houses. <laughs> but no, that's some that's something really good though to think about. And I'm curious, like, how will you handle that? Because you don't also don't want your kids now to be, you know, feel so entitled or be like, this is the way life's always been. We've always had Xboxes <laughs> in a pool, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's a, that's a challenge. Yeah, I, wa- I do wonder about it. That's one thing that's been giving me pause because I like I love like my my son's so unique in the fact that like I'll ask him like, oh, like, oh, we can go on vacation. What do you want to do? And he's like, oh, I want to go to the Oregon coast, stay at a Motel 6. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm I like, can son, if we that. ever stay at a Motel 6 again, I fucked up very much. <laughs> so don't you ever wish that upon us. So, like, we, we already went through that. We're not going back there. I don't know. I've, I've done new, that before. Your new kid and your son <laughs> yeah. are going to get along great. The new kid's going to love traditions. Christmas means everything. You cannot touch those gifts until dad sets them out. <laughs> We are not staying in a Motel 6. Our father, he is is on television. He works. He's a (laughs) stand-up. Also, he's doing a show that night. They provide a hotel anyways. Why wouldn't we stay there? Your son's like, we stay at the Motel 6 where we can see the ocean. (laughs) Put the quarter in the bed. I saw it on Twitch. That's that's so interesting. I was was so curious. uh, Once I saw posts and stuff of you getting married during covid and in quarantine i it, it crossed my mind i was curious i was like i wonder if ron is has ever been curious about wanting to have more kids i think it's you know when you do it, there is something about having one kid 
and realizing it didn't kill you, mm-hmm. where you go, okay, I now, you know, because yeah. so many movies and so many TV shows, they just have to have that scene where the guy finds out they're having a kid and just cannot handle it, despite the fact he was obviously, you know, 50% of the effort of trying to have, <laughs> trying to make sure this, this ball started rolling. If not 75%. Then it's like, what am I going to do? And so you kind of grow up in a world where you've seen those reactions and you go, oh, shit, having a kid must be the most daunting yeah, thing in the world. But then truly. you do it and you go... Yeah, it's not it's not that it's easy, but it's not that it's impossible. No, a lot of people like yeah, you see that mindset that that they think having a kid changes their makes forces them to lose their individuality. Right. Forces them to become a person they don't want to become, that they can't be fun, that they can't be silly. And I think the funnest, silliest people make the great, best dads, best parents. I think you're a, a wonderful dad yeah. because you're so silly and, and so also responsible and so family oriented. People like Pete Holmes, a great dad. Yeah. And I, I love seeing that people can still be themselves and still, and I'm not just talking about dads, moms as well. It, it's, you can still have your goals, your lives, your likes, your dislikes, and you're just adding a new member of the family that you care about more than anything else in the world. It can be really fun and really beautiful. I mean, it does give me pause just because, again, my son is 17. I had him so early that I'm like, do I really want to start over again where he's so close to being an adult? He's so easy to deal with. Like, you know, I hear a lot of parents, you know, struggling with their kids doing school with the homeschooling. And I just... You know, I get up every... I don't have to tell my son to do yeah. shit. Yeah. He just does it because he knows what he's supposed to do. Yeah. But at the same time, again, I do go back to that mindset that I had when I found out he was diagnosed where I go like, oh, I, I worry about him for after I'm gone. And not only do I want to be able to take care of him financially, I would love there to be another family member that cares about him and loves him that is... His, you know, knows to look after him. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I think about things like that, of what he's going to be like when he's 50 and, and 40 and I might not be here. Yeah. I think about yeah. that with my kid and I think, yeah, I think it, you're right to to wonder that because it is, it is sort of a terrifying question. We always want to protect our, our children. It's kind of what feels like our job, not just dads. Yeah, I, mean, I often talk about it. Like the day that I completely figured out that I was going to do comedy was... Uh, a couple of weeks after he was diagnosed and I went to this park in Salem, Oregon with my, my wife at the time, my ex-wife. Um, and this is the same park we used to come after high school or ditch class and take bong hits mm-hmm. and make out and still like make that. Make out park. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Make out park. You know yeah, it. I've read about it. We get there and in the playground there's like a, just a group of... Um, of adults, a bunch of different disabled adults, you know, and they're not all autistic. Some of them, yeah. you know, you know, just, just just different disabilities. I'm watching them and I'm watching like the caretakers kind of like yelling at them mm-hmm. and like not treating them with respect. Definitely not treating them any way I would want my son to be talked to. And it just like it hit me right there. I think I turned to my wife at that time and I was like, I need to make a lot of money. Like I cannot let my son end up in a place like this. Yeah. If either he has to be with family or he has to be with someone who's paid well enough to treat him like family because they were treating them like prisoners. Mm-hmm. And it's something I still, to this day, am passionate about and it's something I 
try to, you know, get involved with charities for it just to make sure that we have more awareness about neurodiversity and people who think differently and act differently and are aware of their more autism awareness because they become adults, they can function in society, they can provide service and they can live wonderful lives. And Mm -hmm. uh, just the more we learn about them, the less people treat them poorly. I like that term neurodiversity. I'd never heard that before. And that's, I had, did not make no, it I up. Bu- I, I believe you. Well, from, she um, said she's never heard it, Ron. So say, <laughs> yeah. say no, that no. you made I, it up. And I'm a doctor. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Dan Harmon is the first person I ever heard say it. Yeah. He said it to me on the, my so podcast. Smart. And I was like, I'm, that's how I'm going to say it from now yeah, on. It, uh, it, it kind of puts a, a word out there where you kind of can completely understand the message. It makes you understand the 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 image, the hopeful yeah. image. We all think different, just like we all look different. Yeah, and, and yeah, it includes us all. Yeah. yeah, I love it, Ron. I gotta say, uh, Ron and I have been friends for a while. We we did mushrooms in the woods in San Francisco. We both had existential crisis. <laughs> we had an existential crisis <laughs> during it, and we both uh, bonded. And ever since then, Ron has been my my spirit guide uh, in this in this world, but I, I have to say, Ron, watching you as an example of of being a parent and how you've parented and and the result that has come of it is inspiring for everybody, not just parents of of a child who's been diagnosed with autism, but just parents in general to say, hey, treat treat your child. Uh, as an equal to yourself and and reap the rewards of having a, a a beautiful relationship when they get they get older you have to plant that seed you got to water it and you got to oh, take yeah. care of it and the, there's a benefit to truly, it truly i think about that there's no more um example of that of like relationship between my sister and I with our mom and my sister and I with our dad my mom gets to bounce back and forth between two beautiful houses whether she wants whether she wants to be in Los Angeles or Arizona at any time she could be wherever she wants to be my dad still has a job Well, I got to say, this world needs more more Ron Funches in it, it's and true. Uh, I'm I'm grateful to be your friend, and I, I I really appreciate you coming on the show and opening up and and talking to us. Thanks, man. Thanks so much. Oh, it was a pleasure. Oh my God, Ruthie, how oh. much of a delicious teddy bear is that man? Beyond. I love Ron Funches. Uh, what a wonderful human being. Don't you wish you could bite off a piece of his arm and uh, just chew him? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let, let you live that fantasy. <laughs> That's what I picture. Whenever I see Ron, I go, oh, I just want to eat him and cuddle him. I do like to give Ron a big hug. He's a, uh, he's a great hugger. He is very huggable. Yeah. If you guys enjoyed listening to, to Ron Funches and you want to watch Ron Funches, uh, he has numerous stand-up appearances out there, including several uh, on Conan, which you can easily find on, I'm sure, the Team Coco YouTube page. Yep. Uh, but also, you can follow him on Twitter, at Ron Funches, and you can hear new episodes of his very own podcast, which... I hate to hype because we're so competitive, but fine. Fuck <laughs> and it. you've been on it. And and I've been on it, but I won't tell anyone because yeah. I have this one. But it's called Getting Better with Ron Funches. Comes out every single Monday. And uh, it's a show that has a total positivity fest to it. That's what you're getting involved in. And I, uh, I think we all agree that's probably something we could really use right now. More than ever, right? Dad's the Podcast is produced by Jen Samples, Nick Liao, and Ruthie Wyatt. 
Our executive producers are Joanna Solotaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Engineering by Will Becton, Anya Jeshik. Our theme song is by Strange Hotels with additional music by John Danik. Special thanks to Sean Doherty. That's right, folks. And if you enjoy this podcast, do us a huge favor. Rate, review, leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. And and most importantly, word of mouth is a huge deal. It's what keeps the trains uh, able to leave the station. So if you like this show... Tell people, tell them that you you enjoyed it, and and you know, tell them a specific episode you enjoyed, and and let's start let's start building a community and a family around the idea of dads and non dads. Yes. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places. Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.